Good morning. It's all right. That, that's just kind of the opening salvo. It, it, that one doesn't really count. That's just kind of the warning. <clears throat> We're off and running, aren't we? Uh, this is the second week of spring A online. How many? How many students? Do you know? I know more than more than five. Yeah, about 600 and some, right? Okay, online and uh, about where's Jay? I saw him. Oh, there you are. How many? And how many on campus? <laughs> 162 on campus. So I know everybody's working overtime to, to make, get things up and running. Um, glad you're here this morning. I, I said to Jay and somebody else, uh, we start, this is kind of like Wednesday evening prayer meetings, we start when everybody gets here. It's, uh, it's a little after nine. Um, it's our privilege and I don't use that word very often, but it really is our privilege to have Dave Clark with us this, this morning. Um, this is the, about the end of a four-week road trip, right? And he's not been, this, is, this hasn't been um, concerts and, and music. He's been doing meetings most of the time. So, um, so, he, so he made room in his schedule to uh, minister to us both this morning and this evening. Uh, where's Chuck? Chuck, Chuck Self is Dave Clark's advisor, because Dave Clark is still working on his degree from Nazarene Bible College and will graduate next year. So congratulate him. <clears throat> if it's all right, I'd like to pray before we begin, and then the rest of the time is yours. We give you praise, Father, for all that you are, for all that you do, for all that you call us to. We give you thanks for the privilege of working alongside brothers and sisters who love you, who have responded to your call with a yes, and are serving, are serving you for your sake, for the sake of the kingdom. We give you praise for uh, for the lives that are changed because of the lives that we impact through the college. Thank you especially for our brother Dave and for his willingness to minister uh, in a variety of ways. Uh, the places he's been have been of service to you. Uh, he's here today as a part of that. Uh, I do pray that you would provide the physical uh, healing that he needs and I pray, too, that you would help us to hear from you through him. We ask it in Jesus' name, because we believe you'll make it so. Amen. There are, it, it is such an honor to be, to be back here. There, there is such a feeling. I was telling Alan this morning, when I drive up on this, on this mountain, there's such a feeling of, uh, it, it's pride, it's, it's all those things that I probably shouldn't feel, but these are my people. This is my school. 
And uh, it's, it's just been a fascinating, fascinating journey. And, you know, you invite me here, and uh, Dr. Graves and Alan, great to let me come and do chapel, and they never say, hey, those who have heard me sing usually want me to speak. Those who have heard me speak want me to sing. I don't know. I, uh, it's been an interesting journey. I never have professed to be either of those, and yet God called me at an early age to... Uh, to, to write songs, and, and he called, and I followed, and he is blessed, and I trust, and it's been a great arrangement. Um, the, the story of how I, I came to be a student at NBC, um, some of you, Dr. Self, I think has heard this, but I, I, for years, for 20-some years now, I've taught the songwriting classes for the Gospel Music Association in Nashville, and for 22 of those years, we did it up in the mountain at Estes Park, and the only environment in the world where I'm confident is um, talking about lyrics. I, I love to get young writers, and, and you kind of help set the bar when they're early in their life. And, and you, you deal with it, I'm sure, with young preachers and theologians, but one of the things with young songwriters is they try to take all their fanciest words, they take the most simplistic subject like the sky is blue, and they try to see how fancy they can say it. I know you've never heard a preacher do that. Uh, you know, and, and, and I love being able to watch the light come on when you go, no, 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 the great songs are the ones that take the concepts that are over my head and they bring them down to a level that I, I get it. And a couple, uh, about five years ago now, at the end of a class in Estes Park, I said, any questions? I'm, I'm confident, I'm, I'm ready to field anything they got because I'm an old man and I've done it a long time. And, and somebody says, well, why do you think the new worship choruses come and go so quickly? No one ever asked me that. And I had a microphone in my hand. I had something to do with my hands. And the first thing out of my mouth was, it's because we're letting our theology be defined by 12-year-olds in the garage with a guitar. Boy, do I believe that? Maybe somewhere deep inside I do. Uh, I shouldn't have said it. And everybody in the room went, yes, yes, yes. And I got to tell you, I could take you to the, to the old lodge where we were standing. I hadn't gotten 10 feet out of that room. God slapped me upside the head and said, who are you to make a statement like that? You've written Christian music for 30 years, and you've never been to one theology class. And I said, you know what? I'm not too old to change that. I'm not too old to fix it. And I called, and I started looking around, and I, I knew it would have to be a program with a lot of flexibility. And... Somebody said, you ought to try Nazarene Bible College, and it has absolutely rocked my world. It's rocked my writing. It uh, it's just has changed how I look at life. And my wife has a, she's got two degrees from Treveca. We, she, she's real into education, and um, so they're laughing at me. And the, when I changed my status a couple years ago to full-time, I got a letter that, that said I'd made the honor roll. And I... Uh, I made a big deal of that at the house, and my kids laughed at me, and, and I got so into this thing, I even ordered uh, Bill Mounce's uh, how, to, how to Basics of Biblical Greek, because I love the word studies, and, and I didn't tell my wife I ordered it, and it wasn't for a class, I haven't had a class in it yet, and it came in the mail, and I opened it up, and I just set it on the counter, and it said, Basic Greek Studies. I just thought, I'll see what my wife says, and she walked past, and she just kind of looked down, and she put her finger over the R. 
Yes, that's, that's the kind of life I, I, I lead. And, 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 and you know what? She couldn't be a bigger supporter. And, and uh, we're in this thing together. And I get to come out once a year. And next year, if all goes well, when I come back, it'll be for graduation. And I'm gonna, I told my family, they're all coming. And, and we're just going to make a big family vacation of it. And they're all going to be there to watch, watch their daddy. Uh, Uh, add a chapter to the call that God placed on my life. You know what? My, no, nothing's been right. Nothing's been normal about my life. Um, I, I'm, as of last year, I'm the director of publishing for Lilliness in, in our Nazarene uh, music division. And, and I was telling somebody the other day, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I just got my first job. I'm in my third year of college. I got a kid in second grade. Nothing about this is right. <laughs> Except that God said, here's where I want you to be today, and I'm standing here because this is where he wants me. And, and you know what? I don't get it right most of the time. We, we have a system, and um, I have an assistant who's, who's, who's awesome, and, and I travel a lot. And, and, and we have a system that we go through, and she, she books everything, and I, I don't like surprises when I travel. And, and so this trip is the only one of the year that I do by myself. Well, you know what that, you know where this is headed. So I, I get off the plane yesterday afternoon in Denver, and I go to the rental car place, and, I, and they, they don't have a car for me. And I said, no, no, I'm sure I made the reservation. In fact, and I pulled my computer out, and you know what? I couldn't find an email. I, evidently, I didn't. So I called... I called the hotel thinking, this, I know I got covered because I printed this out before I left home yesterday. So I called the hotel just to confirm it, even though I knew it was mainly for my benefit. And I called the Doubletree Hotel in Colorado Springs at the World Arena. And I look on the check-in date, it says March 9th, and the checkout date was March 11th. So I called, I said, you have a room for Dave Clark? And they said, no. I said, well, I have a reservation number. And they asked for it, and I read it to them. And they said, nope, not a valid number. But I'm looking at the printout. And I don't know if you've ever had something like that, but while you're in the middle of the conversation, you realize you did something really dumb. And I look over further, and it says March 9th. 2009. <laughs> so I had just gone to the thing and hit Colorado Springs, and that's what came up. And I printed it, and I called my wife, and I said, tell me, go look at the calendar, and tell me what days I was in Colorado Springs last year. She says, uh, let's see, March 9th, and you came home on the 11th. So all that to say, you know what, I'm just happy to be here. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what God's got in store for these next few minutes that we're going to share together. Um, but God has had me on the most fascinating journey. And yes, I'm learning the theology, but more than that, one of the things that growing up that I didn't learn, we heard all about holiness and we heard all about you're supposed to live and God calls you to be you know, holy even as he is holy. And I never really understood the application of it. And sometimes we, we take what was meant for simple and we, we complicate it and we, 
And, and there, there's a pastor that, that lives in Nashville that's a good friend of mine. And sometimes when I'm in the middle of a real tough class, I just I have to go and buy him lunch just to have him explain it to me. And sometimes I have to call the teacher to have him explain what the pastor explained to me. <laughs> I was, um, a few years back, um, I, I, had a, I had a dog. And her, her name was Carly. She was a collie, Carly the collie. She was beautiful. She was an awesome dog. She got hit by a car. And I, I went home. I got the call. I went home, and I pick up this beautiful dog that I love, and I take it to the vet. And, and, I, and I, if you've ever been there, you know that it just rips your heart out. I, I go in, and, I, and, the, and the vet says kind of what I already knew. He said, well, you need to have her put to sleep. And... and I wasn't, the songwriter sometimes just wants to not be a songwriter. Sometimes you just, don't, you just want to live life and not have to write it down. So I'm standing there in the vet's office. He says, but you've got to sign the paper. You've got to sign the release for us to put her to sleep. And, and everything in me was thinking about this dog and something hits me. You know what? That's what Pilate must have felt when he was looking at the cross. Because he had a choice to make and yet he really didn't. And the choice was already... And I'm standing there going, no, 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 I don't want to be a songwriter today. I'm, I'm losing my dog. And, and I go and I sign the paper. And as I turn to go out to my car, I look down the hall, and the door is open where my dog is laying up on this table. And the beautiful collie lifted up her head and looked at me. And, and I, I tell you what, I went out in that parking lot, and I cried like a baby. And it hit me again that if those eyes stayed with me, then how much more would the eyes from the cross have stayed with Pilate? So I sit there in the parking lot of the vet's office, and I'm dealing with all these emotions, and, and I write the words, uh, something about through Pilate's eyes, and it gets to the chorus, and it says, but I really didn't have a choice, so Jesus, can't you see? I wish you had chosen someone else instead of me, and I washed the blood stain from my hands to set my conscience free, but those lonely eyes from Calvary keep looking back at me. I thought, okay, God, you, you took a moment that I wasn't expecting and you made it something that maybe you can use somewhere along the way. Well, that Sunday I was scheduled to sing at my church, a special music, and, and, I, and I got up and I thought, well, I'll do this song, and I tell this whole story about my dog. And after church, a lady comes up and, and she says, that sure was a sad song about your dog, Pilot. <laughs> No one ever going to hear that song because <laughs> I'll never be able to do it again. I, I don't know why I'm telling you that today. Just, you know what? You, you have such an impact on, on the lives of the people. And one of my favorite things, every six weeks when the class starts, I love reading everybody's autobiography. And I don't know if, it, I assume you don't do that if there are students here at the school on campus, but, but I love that. And I can't tell you how many times I go through and I read, and, and it's, well, I was divorced twice, or I came through uh, the, the haze of alcohol, and, and like many youngsters, I, I left the, uh, I, I've, I've read everything from abortions to, um, and I used to think, you know what? We at NBC are the misfits. None of us fit the normal 
And the longer I've been here as a student, the more I think, no, no, we, are, we have become what's normal. And for all the theology that you teach and all the great things that you're, you're, you're instructing these students on, you don't have to teach them about grace because most of them have learned more about it than you'll ever need to know. I, I just want to encourage you that, that today. I, you didn't come to hear me talk. I, I know there's a... Um, told you God has blessed the journey. God's blessed the writing in ways I never would have dreamed or imagined. Um, there, if I had time this morning, I would tell you some things that God is doing in my life that would, it's so much bigger than Dave, and it's so much bigger than a song or a job, or it, it's, it's a place of influence that God has put me in that I, I do not understand, and and if I've ever had an advantage as a writer, it's been that I'm not smart enough to write over anybody's head. One of the things when I started here as a student, one of my mentors in Nashville said, learn all you can, but don't let it affect your writing. I laughed. I said, that's the reason I'm there. I want it to affect my writing. But one of the things they told me early on is, Dave, you'll probably get a lot of songs recorded through the years, and um, but you probably won't have much luck on the radio. And I said, that, that's fine. I said, why do you say that? He said, well, you're right too vulnerable. Oh, that's awesome. I'm a vulnerable person. I asked a friend of mine, Craig Adams, a lot of you know Craig, a good Nazarene guy in Nashville, if he would just take some of the songs we've written through the years and maybe make a little medley of, of, of some of them. And um, I really hadn't planned. I, I gave him a disc with a whole bunch of songs. I said, I don't know where we're going this morning. I don't know what we're going to do. But maybe some of these songs you might recognize. Uh, Josh, go ahead and let's play that, that medley. These, these are some things that... Not that look what Dave has done, but look what God has done through a kid with not much talent, not much ability, and no education. And God's used it to build his kingdom. Such a strange way, isn't it, to save the world? Such a, a strange way. Sometimes I, I, I told somebody recently, God has been the great procrastinator in my life. He, he, he never tells me what I want as quick as I want to know it told you not much about my journey has made sense and and I left my home my family in Michigan when I was 17 because all I knew for sure was that God said you're supposed to write music this this past year um, I'm a guy who who loves I love the passage in Samuel about the, the Ebenezers. I, 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 love, I like to think I'm a forward-thinking kind of guy, and yet if you come in my office, it's surrounded by things of the past. And, and it's, it's, it's a good reference point for me of just how far God has brought me in this journey. Not, and I'm not talking about commercial success. I'm talking about God called a kid in Michigan and said, hey, I know you don't have any money, you don't have any education, you don't have any talent, but I want you to go. And, and I, I said, okay. This past 
spring a year ago, um, and I don't, I don't normally talk about this, but, but I can't I hardly think about Ebenezer's without thinking about musical Ebenezer's. And, and when I hear a song on the radio, I can tell you what God was doing in my life at that moment it was written. And, and I also am just cynical enough to think I can tell when I hear a song on the radio if that song was written out of a 10 to 2 co-write. Or was it written because God was doing something in the life of the writer? And there's something about it when you're driving down the road and you hear it on the radio and you just go, yes, God, I, f I feel what you were doing in the life of that writer. That's the point of the journey. Last spring, um, Mark Harris called. Mark has been a friend for a long time, and Mark sang lead for a group called For Him. And he, he called, and he, he said, Hey, Dave, our, our song we wrote, One True God, just, just went number one in the country. And I, I said, Awesome, Mark. That, that's great. I, I called the publisher and I said, hey, Mark just called and, and I don't get too caught up in that and I hung up the phone and they called me back and they said, do you realize that's your 25th number one? No. Boy, that's, that's, a, that's a big God. And, and again, we, we put too much focus sometimes on that part of it and yet to me it's a reference of what God is doing in the kingdom. So, we go to the ASCAP Awards dinner back in May of last year, and um, uh, my, one of my best friends in the world is a guy named Larnell Harris, and we talked about him earlier, but he, he and his wife st stood up with us as family at our baby's dedications, and it just they're there for us, and we're there for them. He, he's the real deal. I walked in this dinner, and Larnell and his wife, Mitzi, were there, and it's an ASCAP dinner, and I said, well, I thought you were BMI, and she said, well, we were. I thought, well, that's cool. They've changed the ASCAP. So I get to the table, and we're right next to Larnell and his wife, and I thought that was neat. And Across the table is Mark Harris, and he's an ASCAP writer. So I thought, well, that's neat. He's here, and all my friends are at this one table. And, and the guy gets up, and he says, we're going uh, to have dinner, and then we're going to do you know, the program. And, and they start playing a song, and it was Larnell singing. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool that they're honoring him because he's here by playing one of his songs. And the next song was a For Him song, and it was Mark. And I thought, well, that's cool. And the third song, it dawned on me, it was one that I had written as well. And I looked at my wife, and I said, have I been set up? She said, yes. I said, you know I don't like surprises. What's going on? She said, just shut up and enjoy the evening. <laughs> And that night, they gave me an award. They called it a Lifetime Achievement Living Legend Award. And I couldn't have felt more uncomfortable because it, it wasn't anything I've done. And I looked up, and in the back of the room was my pastor and his wife, and my mother and my father. I was just overwhelmed how God just, he, he knows when we need encouragement. And he, he knows when we need confirmation that, yes, what we are about is what he's about. And sometimes in Nashville, if you've ever been around that, all, they, they cry out with all the wrong voices. And sometimes I, 
the songwriter is the guy who never, the artist gets to watch it work on the weekend and the songwriter gets to hear about it. Why am I telling you this this morning? Because I feel like I'm talking to a room full of people who you get to hear about it, but you don't get to watch it on the front line sometimes. And I just want you to know, Dr. Madsen, I read your papers that you write, and God is using what you're doing in my life. Dr. Self, you have no idea the encouragement that you are in the kingdom of God through your emails to me. I don't know the lives that you're impacting out here, but I'm here. I drove all the way from Denver, and I flew all the way from Nashville, not because I wanted to be away from home, but because I want to tell you that you are playing a huge part in what God's doing in the kingdom. And sometimes when economy gets tough and things get hard, it's easy to forget that we're about a bigger purpose. I want to do one more song this morning. I, I set out a guitar that I haven't played, and I gave him a soundtrack that I haven't used. And I showed up a year late for a hotel. <laughs> I don't even know if I know the words to this, and yet I feel so sure I'm supposed to do it. the chance a while back to go and minister at a little tiny church. I love when I get to do that and I watch God move because I'm not a singer and I'm not a player and so when God moves you know it's all him. Sitting at the piano at the end of the service and people were coming and they were praying at the altar and it was just one of those mighty moves of God. I just sat there, I thought, I'm so overwhelmed that he lets me be part of the program. 